Welcome to season two of the Lead with Indeed podcast, where we chat with the experts about the world of work. Here, authors, researchers, and industry leaders share their expertise on the science of talent acquisition, management, the future of work, and much, much more. I'm Liz Lewis, anthropologist and content marketing manager at Indeed. On today's show, Katrina Collier, founder of The Searchologist and author of The Robot Proof Recruiter, a survival guide for recruitment and sourcing professionals. As a recruiting expert, Katrina is on a mission to help talent professionals harness the human side of hiring. I spoke with her to learn why soft skills like bravery and curiosity are so crucial for recruiting and why, even in a time of ever-changing technology, the human element is more important than ever. Let's get started. I'm speaking with Katrina Collier. Um, She is the author of the 2019 book, The Robot Proof Recruiter, a survival guide for recruitment and sourcing professionals. Um, She runs her own company called The Searchologist, and she is an author, facilitator, speaker, and expert on all things recruiting. So welcome, Katrina. Thanks for having me, Liz. Um, Oh, gosh, not all things recruiting. You really are. No, 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 because I read that book. I read your book. You cover a lot of ground. I'm so proud of it. Yeah, I know, because I started writing it, and then I realized this really needs to be bigger, because it was realizing how big the recruiter's job is now, because that's what the whole book is about. It's really about, there's no way your recruiters are going to be replaced by robots. You're too important. But can we use technology to improve the candidate experience, to make engagement better, to make it easier for everybody, to save time? You know, so where should you slot it in? I just knew exactly what I wanted to write about, which is please, HR tech, recruitment tech companies, stop saying that recruiters can be replaced. Because what we do is too important. There was this need for recruiters to have like a really gritty, which it is, a really gritty book that you want to write on and stick post-it notes on to really get back to basics and go, this is how you do it. This is how you put the human first. How long did it take you to write the book? I'm curious. I probably took a year and I was lucky to be able to take, I think I took four months off, just write solidly um, to hit the deadline. Because I was, um, I'd opened the contract and seen the publication date and was like, I have to hit the deadline because it's my father's 90th birthday. And I was like, I have to. Because he never thought any of his kids would write a book. How did you get started into in in recruiting? Um, can you just tell me broadly about your background? Because it's not yeah. a career that many people, you know, plan for and train for and then enter no. in this sort of like nice, succinct, clear trajectory. Um, I fell into recruitment. I mean, seriously, I I moved over. So I I met randomly my now ex-husband, but I, I met Richard, we got married and I came to England and I was like, I do not want to work in the motor trade anymore. So I had had many years in the, actually I won't say many, I had a few, aging myself, in the motor <laughs> trade and, um, you know, sales side of that. And I was like, I don't want to do that anymore. I need a change. And I okay. saw this little train, like in a newspaper on the tube, Yes, <laughs> I saw an advertisement for a trainee recruitment consultant. I was taught to do recruitment properly at that company, but they were very people first, sit in on interviews, go and visit your clients, you know, really get to know them, understand the teams, that real human side of the recruitment. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was there for five years doing IT contracts. And then, of course, that little uh, 2008 stroke nine global recession hit. So Mm -hmm. it was time. And then I was like, oh, you know, I'm sitting here using social media and 
people are coming online because there's a recession. Why don't I just teach people this? Started teaching social recruiting and that was the plan. Mm -hmm. So you are really passionate about the importance of, you know, quote unquote, what you call being human, right? And, um, you know, you believe that recruiters should take a more human first or candidate centric approach to their work. Can you break it down for me? What this means? What does it mean for a recruiter to be human first or candidate centric? Firstly, it is hilarious. We need to be reminded, but (laughs) we are human. (laughs) <laughs> and interestingly, because of the pandemic, I think a lot of recruiters have actually get what I'm talking about now, which is you need to go and put yourself in the job seeker or the candidate's shoes. You need to remember what it feels like to apply for a job and maybe not hear anything, to have bills to pay and desperately not be able to get work. You know, just what it feels like to be in that position. Fundamentally, recruitment is me and you, Liz and I, having a conversation about a job and potentially hiring or not hiring you. Like that that technology kind of got in the way and has created these roadblocks that stop people from being able to reach you. So I'll give you an example. My sister with 20 years of event management experience decides she's had enough of running her own business. She'd like to go and work for a company. Every company on their application says, do you have a degree? No, she doesn't have a degree. She has 20 years of hands-on experience and she could do it in her sleep, but she doesn't have a degree. So, of course, she wouldn't be ticked the box and she'd get rejected. Mm -hmm. But that's not being human. That's not treating another human being how you'd like to be treated. But it also comes back to, and the big one, the really big one, is so often if somebody is interviewed, the hiring manager doesn't give the recruiter feedback. And rather than tell the job seeker you're still trying to get it or at least give them something the recruiter ghosts Mm -hmm. they just disappear and this poor human has spent time stressing preparing commuting to and attending the interview going through all of that and it's so stressful to then not hear anything and it's just human humans need closure they need to know okay that's finished I'll move on and it's just there's a, a fear of doing that And I think, again, that goes back to fearlessness or empathy and compassion or having the trust of your hiring manager so you can get that feedback, you know, and having the the ability to just say, no, we're not going to treat people like that, you know, and providing the clarity and certainty. And it's all, they're all really human skills that need to be developed. There's a lot of anxiety, I would say in Mm -hmm. the talent space about, you know, will recruiters eventually be replaced by robots? Will they be replaced by AI? Is this inevitable? Are we just sort of like spiraling towards this? You're saying no to this. You're saying absolutely not. Tell me why. Okay. And there are the recruiters who they go out and they headhunt, they find great people under rocks in a corner somewhere of the forest. and They bring them into the recruitment process and they woo them. And they stay in touch with them and they do this amazing job of bringing them through the recruitment process. They're the ones that partner properly with hiring managers to really get under the skin and discover what the business needs. They're the ones that can forward plan because they know there's a project happening next year. So they might meet someone who's not right now, but they know, well, there's this coming next year. So they'll keep in touch with them until next year. You know, there's those kind of really proactive, curious, like they're curious recruiters. I'm glad I was before the technology got in the way before 4.79 billion people went onto the internet and created so much noise and so much interruption and you know we're fighting to be heard over it and these newer recruiters 
don't know the art of the recruitment, the human bit, the bit I've got to find Liz, I've got to woo Liz into the process and keep Liz all the way through the process until she actually starts the job. And that's, it's, it, I still call it an art form. I will argue that to the cows come home. But it's, <laughs> it's not about the tech that, that's about the human side. But we only teach the technology side or the marketing side. That's a great point. Yeah, so what are some of the... Um the skills that recruiters and sourcers can work on now, can cultivate now to make themselves robot proof. In the book, you talk about curiosity, listening, empathy. Why are these so important? Trust, <laughs> curiosity, yeah, adaptability, um, agility, like a bit of willingness to be able to adapt and change, I think is really important as well. Um, definitely fearlessness. There was so many. Bravery yeah. was one that I really liked. I, I really liked your discussion of bravery. It's, it's that you're, you're dealing with a hiring manager and the hiring manager is being unrealistic, so you have to say no. And no is a full sentence. Right? <laughs> and then you back it up with data. So there's that side. But it's also, this is the candidate side. Most candidates and job seekers understand that there's one job and there are at least five applicants, if not 100. Mm -hmm. Right? They understand sure. that. They're not stupid. We've all been yeah. through the job hunt. right? So it's just a case of saying to them, I'm sorry that you weren't right, but giving them something valuable. Because that one thing that you say to them could send them on the trajectory to yeah. get the next job. And it's and they'll always remember you if you're that one recruiter that gave that great feedback. Plus then they'll refer people. So like just fearlessness in those two examples, you need to be able to say no. How can recruiters be intentional about creating and nurturing good relationships with hiring yeah. managers? And what are some of your secrets to making this making this happen? Know your marketplace, know your data gain the trust of your hiring manager by really actually asking them like what have your previous experiences been like um and just it's all about like knowing your staff and the more time you can spend you know with your hiring manager it doesn't have to be face to face but you know really understanding what they're about understanding their team understanding the industry um your competitors how you compare all of that the more research you do the more curiosity you have the more questions you ask the closer the bond is going to be because so often these poor hiring managers are promoted into the job and not given any support. So they don't understand their impact in the candidate experience. They don't know how to interview. So it's, it's, it's sort of a switch. So that can work really well as well if you've got a real block yeah. with your hiring managers. You know, it's, as much time as a recruiter could spend coaching with the hiring managers as well. That makes perfect sense. So you mentioned candidate experience briefly in there, mm. um, which is obviously a huge topic, super important. Why is candidate experience so important and how can recruiters make it better? Because it's not just, you know, somebody wants a job, they get an offer and then they take it, right? Like what mm -hmm. happens, you know, during the hiring process is much more complex than that. And candidate oh. experience is a huge part of it. Even yep. during times like this, I would say where you know, the economy is shifting and jobs are a little more precarious than they were a year ago, but nonetheless, candidate experience still matters. I would say more so. Yeah. You know, like more so. Because okay. how you so how you're treating your employees is a huge part of candidate experience as well. Mm -hmm. How you're treating them and your candidates right now is going to impact your hiring forever. <laughs> so what's <laughs> happened? So the reason it became a thing is because four point seven nine billion people went online. Yeah. So again, you get in touch with me, I just start I start perusing and I start mm -hmm. looking whoa, yeah. look at those interview reviews. Oh my goodness, have you seen what people are saying about mm -hmm. working there or what it's like to go through the interview process? 
the internet is in hands reach. Right. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's always within hands reach. It, most of us panic if we don't know where our phone is. Not all, obviously, but a vast majority of us go, oh, where's my phone? Okay. <laughs> internet. So talking about candidate experience, um, one of my mm. favorite topics and something that I've researched at Indeed mm. is ghosting and specifically candidate mm. ghosting, right? When mm. a yeah, candidate just disappears and you cover this in your book i was so excited right when a candidate just disappears at some point during the hiring process you know says nothing just they're gone and recruiters typically get very upset etc cetera, etc cetera. sometimes it happens early sometimes they just don't show up for their first day um so a year ago we heard a lot about candidate ghosting um and i'm curious i have two two questions here a, why do you think this was happening was it a new phenomenon what was going on there and then B, what I'm curious about now is whether or not things have shifted and it's back to what I remember from 15 or 20 years ago when it was the employer's ghosting candidates. Have we circled back back to that type of ghosting again? Like, what are you seeing? I mean, recruiters have been ghosting candidates for a really long time. Totally, and every time I yeah. see a recruiter complaining about it, a little part of me goes boo-hoo because I'm a harsh, harsh person. And I just think if you mistreat people, it's gonna come back and it's gonna bite you. Yeah. And and as an industry, okay, across the board, it mightn't be you as an individual recruiter, but across the board, recruiters are known to disappear out of the process, to not give that feedback, to not be fearless enough to give the feedback, mm -hmm. right? Um, do I think it's stopped right now? No, I don't. So candidates are still ghosting, I said that right okay. the wrong way. Candidates are still ghosting out of the process if they have skills that are in demand. Okay. If they don't, they're possibly taking whatever they can get uh -huh. and they're going to leave in a couple of years when the, when the recession passes, when COVID passes, when yeah. the market bounces back. Ciao, ciao. They'll go. Um, because we've seen it before. We saw sure. it in 2008, nine. Yeah. Um, so. Interesting. It is, yeah, yeah. I, I would be, I'd be concerned if I was hiring right now as to, uh, you know, are people going to say, unless it's like the normal business as usual, yeah. always hiring developers or whatever. But I would be concerned about someone staying if I yeah. didn't have a good reputation for candidate experience or for treating my employees well. Yeah, absolutely. So it's almost like recruiters, you know, yes, you need to fill the role, but you also need to be playing the long game in a sense, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can fill yeah. it now, but if that person leaves in six months when they get a better offer or yeah. an offer from a company with a better reputation for how it treats its its employees yeah. or what have you. Especially if you um, think you're picking up somebody you wouldn't have picked up pre-pandemic. Mm, like if you yeah. kind of think, wow, Liz is really, really good. And we, she wouldn't have even looked at us before. That's uh -huh. when I think you do need to be concerned. If you're honest no, enough, because again, that takes objectivity. That takes a bit of honesty to be able to step out of your bubble and look at the company objectively and look at your opportunities objectively. Comes back to the human skills again. It does. And I'm thinking about your discussion of bravery and the book and mm. um, you know, recruiters needing to get in touch with their 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 courage and their sense of bravery yeah. and have difficult conversations with job seekers yeah. and be able to say, hey, you didn't get the job would you like some feedback? Why? Because I mean, yeah. what many job seekers have experienced is just recruiters disappearing Nothing. either because they don't have time or they don't want to have the conversation. And mm. I understand not wanting to have that conversation, but you just kind of have yeah. to push yourself if, and do it. What would you say about that? Recruiters need to remember that actually 
We're responsible for people's lives. And we need to remember that. And that goes back to that empathy and compassion. And when you start feeling like, actually, I am responsible for that human being, what I do is so important, then you will start wanting to help them by giving them feedback. And it really highlights how important recruiters are, right? They're not just bringing people in, filling roles, like they really do hold a lot of power in people's individual lives, which is amazing. I mean, that's kind of a huge gift. Cliche or not cliche, recruiters make or break a company. You hire the wrong people, you'll make or break the company. Boy, has the job got bigger, like I said at the beginning. It's changed a lot. Yeah, I mean, it was, when I started in 2003, it was, oh, there's Liz's phone number. Let's call Mm -hmm. Liz. Liz would actually answer her phone to stop it ringing because it was annoying. We'd have a conversation and I'd recruit you. It was that simple. Now it's, I might send you a message, a WhatsApp, an SMS, you know, 16 different ways to get in touch with you. You probably ignore 15. Eventually you're like, oh, okay. Then you look at me and go, eh, I don't want to talk to her. She's got like short purple hair. What's that? Or, you know, whatever fickle <laughs> thing it is. So it's, it's become much more about like how you're presenting yourself online. Are you sharing something that's worthy? Do you look like I want to talk to you? Mm-hmm. And then the companies, their reputations are all online and all of those reviews and all of their updates. And it's just so noisy. It's not just, I call you, talk to you when you come and <laughs> interview yeah. This is how you put the human first. This is how you remember. It's not just about sending an email. It's about actually wooing someone. You know, it's getting their attention. It's keeping their attention. And it's it's getting the right person for the role. It's the questions that you ask. It's like it's so in-depth. So it's it was it was just please stop saying that tech can replace what we do, but let's use it because it's there and we all love using it, but let's use it better. And I always talk about, please do not purchase technology that wasn't created by a recruiter or with the input of a recruiter. Because I think there's a lot of tech out there that sounds amazing, but actually doesn't save time, save effort, um, create ease for the hiring manager and the candidate as well as the recruiter. Um, So that's also a central part of it. But then if you've got that, then how is it going to create a better human experience? That's what it should be about all the time. Because what we do is, is it's a human job. We're connecting humans with humans. Big companies have this problem where the HR department or the IT department will say, just bolt on this bit of TA technology. Nah. If that TA technology is not going to create a better candidate experience, allow you to keep in touch with your silver and bronze, like, you know, um, Mm -hmm. medalists, whatever they're called, (laughs) Um, (laughs) create a better hiring experience, save time, you know, improve all of it, efficiency. The answer is no. You build your business cases to the technology you need and why. The technology must be built by a recruiter or input of the recruiter always. Otherwise, please don't get it. Get some referrals on the tech. But you go and build your business case and explain, my job is to bring in the right people to the company so the company Mm -hmm. succeeds. So we need this technology. This is why. Right? And then you you build your case. Um, I love it. And that's another bit of fearlessness. But there are too many recruiters suffering because they're just given rubbish tech to work with yeah yeah so so let's <laughs> talk very briefly about um you know say you're a recruiter you found the perfect candidate they ace their interviews they've accepted the offer um but your job is not done you are still oh, your job is not done and not only because you don't want them to ghost before their first day right which is always Mm-mm. an option but 
what is the role of the recruiter at this stage and why is it so important? Because candidates ghost in pre-boarding. So pre-boarding is the time from offer to start, if okay. not beyond. In that time, those people are still online, still visible, still being contacted. They're still being wooed away to other opportunities. Mm -hmm. And no, they're not going to tell you that because they're not mm -hmm. going to tell you. So you, as a recruiter, need to make sure that it's not only flick it over to HR. Your job is to keep wooing them yeah. so that they'll start. Make them feel like they're already part of the company. Now, doing that remotely, as we're all doing now, you right. get them their kit. In those two weeks, you are getting them their kits. It's organized. Yeah. There's no excuses from any other department to stop that person from start, not being able to start ready. Yeah. So they start being part of the WhatsApp group. They start being part of the Slack channel. They're already reading what it's like to work there. You're keeping in touch with them. You've sent them a book or something. My book's great to send. Um, <laughs> whatever it might be. So they feel like they're part of the company. So when yeah. it's day one, you bet they're going to turn up because they think they're already there. So it's, again, the more you can keep in touch and put them in that, I'm just thinking about you. How's it going? Are you ready? Can, is there anything I can get for you? Can I introduce you to a buddy? Buddy systems are absolutely brilliant. What are the biggest lessons for recruiters and also more generally for employers moving forward from 2020? And it can be anything from candidate experience, from the shift to virtual work, um, okay. interviews when we're all at home, any of these, these sort of facets, it's been a huge year. Yeah. What can we take into 2021? I mean, some, some that just come off the top of my head is, um, yeah, yeah how, how you have treated your employees and your candidates through this period. And just don't think for one minute that it's still, uh, it, it's reverted back to like a buyer's market. It is not a company's market. It might be for a period of time, uh -huh. But if you've got that kind of arrogance and you think you can treat people poorly, they're just going to turn around and leave. And that's expensive. That's so. fantastic advice. Excellent. Um, I'm speaking with Katrina Collier, a.k.a. The Searchologist and author of The Robot Proof Recruiter, A Survival Guide for Recruitment and Sourcing Professionals. It has been such a pleasure. Thank you for, for sharing your expertise with me. Oh, thanks for having me, Liz. I'm Liz Lewis. My thanks to our guest, Katrina Collier, for sharing her insights on the human side of recruiting and how talent professionals and employers can combine soft skills with technology to take hiring to the next level. Thank you for listening. In our next episode, we'll meet Dr. Stephanie Johnson, a leadership expert and associate professor of management at the University of Colorado. She'll discuss her recent book, Inclusify, and share why inclusive workplaces bring big benefits for employers, workers, and job seekers alike. I hope you'll join me. Find more content, videos, and articles about the world of recruiting at indeed.com slash leads.